welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to today's guest. Back in the hot seat one more time. Tucker Warner, how are you, sir? I'm doing great this morning, AJ. How about you? It's been a bit uh, rainy of late uh, where I'm at, and uh, I'm getting kind of sick of it. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, once you start going outside, you don't want to have to go back inside. <laughs> yeah, the, the fluctuation right now that we're getting in the, the Connecticut weather patterns have been rough. We uh, went from 80 degrees to low 50s in the span of about two days last week. And uh, I, as well, am sick of it. Uh, indeed. But we're not sick of you. But in case people are listening for the first time uh, experiencing uh, that which is Tucker Warner. Why don't you give everybody a little bit of a uh, reminder who you is, what you do, and what you do when you do those things that you do, that you do so well, dooby-dooby-doo. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, hey, I am Tucker. Uh, this is about my 17th time appearing on this particular podcast, uh, give or take. Um, if you're just like, oh, that name sounds familiar, you might have just encountered me playing OQL or one of the various uh, quiz leagues that have popped up here uh, during the pandemic times. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'd pick out a different aspect of what I do uh, you know, professionally every time I'm on the show. This time I want to mix it up a little bit and say that I'm currently working for a fantasy sports company and doing some uh, writing on the side as well. Uh, I'm not going to get into the exact nature of that because, again, there's like five different things there. A gig economy! It's fun. AJ, you're a trivia host. What do you think about all this? Uh, I think uh, it's good to uh, spread yourself into many different departments. Just don't spread yourself too thin. Because then I can see three of you like, use Neutrogena. Oh, boy. That's not a spread. I don't even know where that comes from. But <laughs> All right. Let us get into things here. We're going to kick things off with Beat My Rank. I am going to give you three lists of five items. These lists are going to be presented to you in alphabetical order, so don't try and use any game theory to figure this out. It ain't going to help you not one bit. After I give you each list of items, I will then ask you one quantitative question about said items. Your job is to pick the answer from the list that you think best answers this question. Get it right. Five points is headed your way. If you get the answer that is in second place, you'll get only three points, two points for third, one point for fourth, and Neil Pong if you pick the last place answer ducker are you ready for your first set of five absolutely bring it on here is your first list your five items are atlanta to johannesburg auckland to dubai houston to sydney perth to london and san francisco to bangalore once again those five items atlanta to johannesburg auckland to Dubai, Houston to Sydney, Perth to London, and San Francisco to Bangalore. Which of these is the longest non-stop flight in terms of miles? The longest non-stop flight, not in terms of time, but in terms of miles. And obviously, I could have flipped the order of these two cities on any of them. It's just this is the order that I decided to use. Them. <laughs> All right. So let's think about this one a little bit. I have seen questions like this in the past, you know, whether it be 
Sporkle, other formats, etc. One thing I always notice is that people tend to underrate uh, the distance, you know, between like the northern and southern hemisphere. Everyone thinks mostly east-west. Doesn't really take into account the uh, you know, the uh, the north-south of it, and that's one thing I don't want to forget here. As a result, Perth to London is sticking out in my mind just a little bit here. Uh, certainly a lot of distance there, north to south. Um, trying to think of the others here. Auckland to Dubai, those obviously aren't close, but Dubai's pretty close to the equator. Atlanta to Johannesburg, uh, yeah, South Africa's pretty southern. Um, so certainly a possibility. San Francisco to Bangalore doesn't seem like it would be as far as the others. Houston to Sydney, I would have to imagine, is uh, a bit closer than Perth and London. So all that in mind, uh, I'm not a geographer, and I want everybody to know that. It <laughs> wouldn't shock me if I picked zero here as uh, one of the few people to pick the uh, guillotine answer on the last season. Um, but I think I'm going to stick with my original gut here and uh, say Perth to London is the furthest flight i you have chosen perth to london and ladies and gentlemen tucker is not a geographer i just want that to be very clear here he is not a geographer but that doesn't mean he can't get full points here as always we're going to start with the five point answer reveal and then go down and see how many points tucker has gotten with his first list at nine thousand and ten miles probably takes about seven years to get there but we didn't ask about time nine thousand 10 miles, 5 points for Perth to London. Well done, Tucker. Nailing it in one. Boo, 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 boo. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise. I, I felt fairly confident about that for something that I didn't know much about. Uh, I guess uh, finding that you know money ball inefficiency of uh, people underrating the north-south of it all kind of helped me out in that case. Yeah, to go through the rest of the list for those playing along at home. 88-24 for three points would have been Auckland to Dubai uh, for 87.01 miles, two points, is San Francisco to Bangalore. 85.96, one point, Houston to Sydney. And the goose egg for still a very long trip. 84.39, Atlanta to Johannesburg. Uh, five points for Tucker. Huzzah, huzzy, huzzoo, huzzo. Well, that's a good start. I will take that. Absolutely. And now let us continue and move on to our second list of five. Here is the five. Here is. Here are the five items in your second list. Starting off with Louisville. Moving on to Providence. Then we have Syracuse, Yukon, and West Virginia. Once again, Louisville, Providence, Syracuse, Yukon, West Virginia. And a reminder to everybody, these are chosen randomly, these games, so who knew that we would be asking a question about something that I think Tucker knows a little bit about. Uh, your quantitative question, sir. Which of these schools has won the most Big East Men's Basketball Tournament Championships? The most Big wow. East <laughs> Men's Basketball Tournament Championships. Well, uh, you almost literally could not have picked a subject more in my wheelhouse. Uh, <laughs> for those a little more unfamiliar with me, uh, I attended Syracuse. Uh, I live in a Yukon household. Um, and, you know, everybody hates Rick Pitino, so I know a lot about Louisville also. So, uh, yeah, this is definitely something I should 
no straight up. Uh, we can eliminate West Virginia. They're not particularly great at basketball like the others. They also weren't in the Big East for as long. Um, and for that same reason, uh, we can also eliminate Louisville. They were only in the Big East for, I want to say, about eight to nine years. Um, came in from Conference USA in that 2005 original realignment. So that leaves Providence, Syracuse, and UConn. I'm pretty confident it's not Providence. They mostly stopped being one of the elite teams in the Big East around the mid-90s or so. Actually, Syracuse and UConn. I do specifically remember that UConn's first uh, Big East tournament championship was, I want to say, 1996. It was when uh, Ray Allen hit the famous shot over Allen Iverson, real famous among Big East fans, I suppose, uh, to beat Georgetown in the final uh, they also, like Syracuse, did spend a good deal of time outside of the Big East. Uh, it was about the same time for both of them, though. But knowing that Syracuse would have had a good run in the 80s, a good run in the 90s, and, you know, they, I know they had a good run through most of the 2000s. They certainly picked up a national championship during that time. Uh, I am going to say my alma mater, the Syracuse Orange. Alrighty, Syracuse Orange is your... Answer, let us again go from the top with seven Big East Tournament Championships for five points. We have the Huskies of UConn. Uh, no matter how many overtimes you go, <laughs> you can't get those five points here. Uh, you're only going to get three because Syracuse is indeed in second place on this list with five and uh, it's going to stay at five as we're now in the ACC, as you well know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, some of my uh, colleagues over at the UConn blog are going to be mad at me for not getting that one straight away. But, uh, you know, I'll take three points instead of five. It could be a lot worse. I could have my score chopped in half. Indeed. Three championships worth two points would have been the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, one point and two championships. Providence and the goose egg for West Virginia. In terms of points, although they have won one Big East championship among the years, and as one of my favorite chants from the old days, how do you spell Mountaineer? H-I-C-K. <laughs> uh, three plus five is eight. Eight points. Not too shabby. Let's see if we can add to that total with your final list. Here we go. We have Belgium, Colombia, Ecuador, Germany, and Kenya. Belgium, Colombia, Ecuador, Germany, and Kenya. Here is your quantitative question. Which one of these five nations has the lowest percentage of the world's flower exports? The lowest percentage of the world's flower exports. Now, in this instance, is flower spelled F-L-O-W-E-R or F-L-O-U-R, or are we still playing the homophone game? No, we're not playing the homophone <laughs> game in, in this list. We are, that's a very good question. We are talking uh, roses and tulips and carnations and daisies, not, uh, not something you might see on a British baking show. All right, well, well you might see it on there, too, because they have edible versions as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they always have nice centerpieces. You know, it's a very nice show. Um, uh, did, did you say highest or lowest? Just to clarify. I want the lowest percentage lowest. from these five countries. All right. 
So this is, uh, on the other hand, a subject that I know next to nothing about. Um, do know that Belgium and the Netherlands do have a uh, sizable flower economy. Um, so I almost want to eliminate Belgium because of that. Um, see, Kenya's pretty large. Germany, you have to think, would be fairly close. And Colombia and Ecuador are the ones that I don't know about. Um, and this is mostly <laughs> poorly reasoned uh, because the thing I'm going on here is, oh, I've never really heard of flowers coming from those country, and that's mostly showing my own gaps in knowledge rather than uh, any actual knowledge that's getting me to that point. Nonetheless, I think I'm going to make somewhat of a guess between the two. I feel like perhaps Ecuador, I think, has a little bit more like a rural farming economy than Colombia does, so... For the zero points here, I'm sure, uh, my very, very educated guest selection is going to be Colombia. All right. Colombia is your guess. Uh, let's go over the answers. That's what we're here for. It would have been five points for you if you had picked the country on this list that produces only 1% of the world's flower exports and therefore is the lowest percentage on this list. That would be Germany. A country that is rarely associated with rosy things like flowers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, just assume Central Europe would, you know, like normally a lot of uh, agriculture going on there. So I uh, talked myself out of an easy answer right away, I guess. Yeah. Three points. Three percent. That would be Belgium, surprisingly so. The Netherlands just sends so much stuff out. Uh, yeah. Certainly, Netherlands would have been the number one on the list of flower exports. They're like, gazillion percent yeah <laughs> well that checks out it must uh feel like the uh you know the grass is always greener on the other side of that border 2.7 percent kenya surprisingly big flower exporter uh which means uh, sir you uh banked on the wrong continent uh, for your answers here i i would think part of it also might just be that uh flowers don't keep long and so you want to keep them close and so they're gonna you know export a lot locally uh and i mean that might just be the reason i don't know uh one point nine percent would be ecuador which means oh no tucker <laughs> you got the goose mm. well i knew that was going to happen sooner rather than later so uh at least i can take care of it and something that i don't feel too bad about missing due to uh, what i already know yeah 15 percent oh. columbia 15 percent uh, zero points for you on that one, but still a fine, fine first round. You have put eight points into your own personal pool. How are you feeling after the round one? I'm still pretty miffed about the Yukon question. I'm not going to lie. That's uh, something I felt like I should have gotten. I'm going to be kind of embarrassed next time, uh, you know, Excel Center opens up for a home game around here. Well... Like I said, you have eight points in your personal pool, and now you have a chance to add to your score. Here's how it goes, sir. Round two, mash my beat. In this round, you're going to get four mashups, also known as before and afters. First one is going to be worth one point, and each subsequent clue is going to be worth one more point than the last. Now, truth be told, these may be a little tricky to figure out, and potentially they could get harder as we go along. So in order to help you out a bit, I will let you know that there 
is always going to be a theme to each of the quartet of answers in this round. Once you figure out the theme, that may make things a little bit easier as we proceed further into the round. Of course, it may make it harder because you might then get tunnel vision and not see the forest for the trees or the flowers for the uh, flower, as it were. We'll see how it goes. That's why we play the game. Mm -hmm. Also, you're only going to have seven minutes to finish mm -hmm. this round. Now, you may pass on any answer if you wish, but keep in mind there is no going back if you do uh, pass on an answer. I will tell you what that answer is. Now, that could help you out in terms of figuring out the theme if you're stuck. But, uh, you know, if you do want to think about it a little bit longer, you might want to hold on a little bit longer. Uh, let's put it this way. The time is yours to manage. What you do with these seven minutes is up to you. You can turn them into seven minutes in heaven, or they could be seven minutes of hell. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to run it all the way down to the clock and take my final time out with way too less time on the clock in order to score. Call me less Miles here. I've got a strategy, and I'm going to stick to it. Fair enough. Time will start when I finish reading the first clue. Are you ready? Absolutely. Let's do this. Here is your first clue. Home of the G League's Mad Ants, a team that likes to improvise while making deals. Home of the G League's Mad Ants, a team that likes to improvise while making deals. So I've got half of this. Uh, the Mad Ants play in Fort Wayne. So let's see where I can... Move the other half here somewhere. Uh, teams like to improvise while making deals. That and let's figure that must be something along the lines of improv comedy, improv acting. Don't think that there's going to be anybody whose last name ends in Fort. Um, is there any sort of making deals? Is also something that's going to uh, that sticks out but i don't really know where to take that it's uh sounds like a very trumpian way of phrasing that and we don't want to mention that man any more than we have to um so i i don't see anything there making deals improvise it seems like a two-part clue designed to take me to the same place not sure i know exactly where that place is um Oh, uh, I see. I see what you've done with this. Uh, uh, there's an improv, uh, you know, one of the very famous uh, improv shows of that classic television genre we all know and love, famous improv comedies. Uh, and he now hosts Let's Make a Deal. We're going to go with uh, Fort Wayne Brady here. Fort Wayne Brady is correct. Moving on to clue number two. Beach Boys tune about a real famous cat whose one-time wife once confused tuna with chicken. Interesting. Beach Boys tune about a real famous cat whose one-time wife once confused tuna with chicken. Hmm. Okay, I know several Beach Boys songs, so I'm not 100% sure if that narrows it down. Um, if there's one that ends in a... Most of the time that there's a Beach Boys song title with a name in it, it's a woman's name, so it doesn't sound like that's where the second half of this clue is going to go. Um, well, what do we have? Maybe it's a multi-syllabic before and after here. We've got Barbara Ann, there's, uh, hang on, Sloopy, that doesn't really help. Uh, Caroline No also. Not really helpful there. 
going to be Barbara Andy something, Barbara Andrew something. Uh, go for the second half. One time wife once confused tuna with chicken. Real famous cat. I suppose that could be literal. We could be going for a fictional cat here. Um, cat who got married in a kid's cartoon or something like that. Half your time is gone. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, this is going to be one of the tougher ones. Um, trying to go for uh, maybe the, uh, the guy from the Aristocats here and see if I can pick a Beach Boys song to go with it. Don't think it's happening, so um, we'll go with Coco Morris the Cat. No, the correct answer was Little St. Nick Lachey. Ah. Okay. Moving on to clue number three. Common concessions purchased at the circus, often made by parents, a group which may include housewives from Atlanta. Ooh, common concessions purchased at the circus, often made by parents, a group which may include housewives from Atlanta. Now, I've seen very, very little of the Real Housewives series of uh, programs, um, so I'm not sure what I can get at with that half of the clue. Common concessions purchased at the circus, often made by parents. It could be... Oh... Okay. Now, I'm not 100% sure if this is actually a real person, but I think <laughs> that there's, at the very least, a reality show personality named Candy Burris. So I'm going to go with Cotton Candy Burris. Cotton Candy Burris is a correct answer. Moving on to clue number four. Hillary B. Price's absurdist comic strip about the current Mrs. Cibrian. Goodness gracious. Uh, Hillary B. Price's absurdist comic strip about the current Mrs. Cibrian. Who the hell is Eddie Cibrian married to? <laughs> um, see, and absurdist comic strips, that could be... Now, I don't know Hillary B. Price. Um, absurdist comic strip straight away makes me think of Crazy Cat. Um, Cat Dennings is not married to Eddie Cibrian, so there goes one potential answer. What bothers me is that I have definitely seen <laughs> the wife of Eddie Cibrian at some point. I've seen that fact stated, and it's not going to uh, go from back of brain to front of brain uh, within the time limit, I think. So let's see. Crazy Cat. Um, I don't know if Bloom one Cat minute. would be recognized that way. Uh, who's somebody else named Cat? Cat. Cat. Definitely somebody else in the entertainment industry. Maybe it's Catherine or Kathleen. Uh, instead of just Cat. Um, uh, crazy Catherine McPhee. I'm just trying to get something in before the time limit. <laughs> oh, I am sorry, Tucker. Uh, very close there. Uh, let's go over all of your answers here. You, of course sussed out that the mad answer from Fort Wayne, uh, an improviser who likes to make deals, hosted Let's Make a Deal. As you said, Fort Wayne Brady was worth the one point. Good job. The Beach Boys tune about a real famous cat in a big red suit is Little St. Nick, Nick Lachey. Uh, yeah. Chick is Chicken of the Sea uh, tuna, or is it chicken? That was, a, that was a thing at one time for Jessica Simpson there. Uh, you did get that uh, Cotton Candy is a concessions purchase of the circus, and Candy Burris is a real housewife of Atlanta. And 
Wayne Brady, Nick Lachey, Candy Burris, all champions of the Masked Singer, as well as our final answer. It is Leanne Rhymes with Orange. Rhymes wow. with Orange is the absurdist comic strip. Leanne Rhymes is Mrs. Cibrian. Well, I never would have guessed that about Leanne Rhymes. Uh, I do remember the comic Rhymes with Orange. Uh, it's no longer in my paper, so I don't know if it's still being published. But um, yeah, that's uh, not. <laughs> if I had thought of that instead of, you know, like perhaps like it's got to be one of the five most famous comic strips ever, then. Uh, probably would have gotten somewhat closer to the answer. But. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you never know. You never know. Uh, that's the beauty of this game. Uh, some, you got two of them, and one in three. So, like I said, the difficulty thing, it, it all just happens which, which ones fall into your wheelhouse or just, just stumble across the answer. Uh, but four points is not bad at all. We're going to take those four points, add them to the eight points you had coming into the round, and you now have 12 points in your personal pool. And we have one round left to go. Our final round, Tucker. And the thing is, those 12 points are nice. They're sitting there in the pool. But you have not earned any of those points yet. Nay, nay, nay. It is time for you to earn those points and possibly more with today's Unlucky 13. Here's how it works. I will give you an alphabetized list of 13 items, and I will then give you a category. Ten of these items fit that category, but three of them are fakes, frauds, wrong answers, traps, if you will. I will ask you to select correct items from the list one at a time, and we'll find out if it's right, or if you've fallen prey to one of my tricks. If you can get five answers right, before selecting all three fakes, you will lock in half of your points. Get an additional three answers right before striking out, You'll win all of those points. At that point, if you get that far, and I hope you get that far, you'll have a decision to make. You can take one more chance at getting the ninth correct answer, and if you're right, you will double your points. But if you're wrong, you go back down to half, and your game is over. If luck falls your way, your brain has gotten around all the correct answers thus far, if you are still alive, you will then get to decide one more time if you want to try and complete the list. Copyright Andy Saunders. And get that 10th correct item. If you do, you will once again double those points. However, at that stage of the game, if you are wrong, you will go all the way back down to zero and leave the game with absolutely nothing for your efforts. And you will receive the scorn of all the listeners worldwide. Do you understand what's at stake here, kind sir? Uh, you know, as someone with personal experience of losing a lot of points in the final round of an AJ Mass-hosted podcast, uh, I absolutely understand what's at stake, and I uh, do not want to repeat my previous experience in this category. All of that is fair. I will now read to you your unlucky 13, your 13 items. We have Brachiosaurus, Christ of the Ozark, Ethel the Elephant, Giraffe, Golden Driller, Hephaestus, Keeper of the Flame, Liberty, Our Lady of the Rockies, Pegasus and Dragon, Tribute to Courage, Fatquan Am, and USMC War Memorial. Let's go over those one more time for you, sir. We have 
Brachiosaurus, Christ of the Ozarks, Ethel the Elephant, Giraffe, Golden Driller, Hephaestus, Keeper of the Flame, Liberty, Our Lady of the Rockies, Pegasus and Dragon, Tribute to Courage, Twang Fat Quan Am, and USMC War Memorial. Any idea what we might be talking about here? N- no. <laughs> um, I imagine this is some sort of you know, public art or architecture, but I uh, couldn't tell you exactly what this is going to fall into. Well, sir, your category is the tallest statues in the United States of America. Ten of these are among the tallest statues in the United States of America. Three of them are not. If you can get five correct answers before getting three wrong answers, you will have locked in six points. Whenever you are ready, uh, give me your first uh, answer off the board. Well, this is going to be a fun one uh, because I'm not 100% sure that I know any of these with a title to image. So, you really picked the right person to give this one to. So, let's see if I can find another way into this that involves uh, very little knowledge. Um, (laughs) Alright, we've got some that sound like they'd naturally be tall. Um, I'm not sure how many of those are going to be you know, throw-offs, you know, the strikes, uh, you know, designed to get me to make a a bad guess here. Um, I could certainly see some of these animal structures being uh, not life-size, perhaps, or, uh, you know, not quite as tall as many of the others. Um, Certainly we don't see, you know, Christ the Redeemer on here, because I believe you said this was a United States category only. Um, But, you know, uh, people like their religious iconography in the United States as well as in many other countries so you know we've got a couple different options there with the uh, the Christ of the Ozarks for my first one though um, figure when you need to uh, take the action that's uh, referenced by the title here you'd probably be built pretty tall height wise as opposed to length wise so I'll start off with Keeper of the Flame Keeper of the Flame is your first guess. And Keeper of the Flame, sir. It's a trap! Oh no! Oh no, not a good start, sir. Hmm. Not a good start at all. There is a statue called light of the world there's a statue called keeper of the plains but no keeper of the plane oh well you know shake it off <laughs> technically your odds just increased about getting a right answer because <laughs> you should like at least five and hopefully eight uh, i was paying very right, let's let's shake it off shake it off make like t-swizzle all right uh give me your next answer hopefully we can get you on the board yeah, uh, let's uh, see what I can do here, and uh, I guess we'll go down the line alphabetically. Um, I'm sure that Jerry Falwell would love for there to be a very, very tall statue called Liberty, so that's going to be uh, guest number two, and hopefully right guest number one. Alright, your next guess. Hopefully it will be right. Let's see. Liberty is your guess. And Liberty 
in this case, refers to the Statue of Liberty. So yes, the Statue <laughs> of Liberty is the tallest statue in the United States. That is correct. Well, that's helpful. I assume that's why you didn't put its full title. Um, nonetheless, uh, I'm sure Jerry Caldwell is very happy about it. So <laughs> let's see if I can figure out something that isn't uh, just, you know, the, the most famous word redacted, I guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right, let's see which of these um, can be picked out. I know I shouldn't know the USMC War Memorial. That sounds like something that's in Washington, D.C., where uh, I visited just about every monument and memorial in the district. Uh, I don't remember which one that is, though. Um, so I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. Um, tribute to Current, I don't know that one. Pegasus and Dragon sounds like... You know, probably some height there, if not wingspan. I'm not sure if that would make a difference. Uh, Our Lady of the Rockies, I can at least pinpoint that geographically. I uh, couldn't tell you the height. Festus, Golden Drawer, Giraffe, Ethel the Elephant, I figure that one of these uh, animal ones must be another trap. Um, I think I'm going to stay away from those for now. I could see. Even, even the giraffe I could see being, you know, like, built less than scale. Brachiosaurus and the elephant I could see being, you know, more impressive uh, for their length than their height. So, I know that there are several pretty tall statues from the Southeast Asian part of the world. Um, so, I don't know if Chuang Fa Kwan Am is going to be a trap as in it is not located in the United States and it is in fact from Cambodia or Vietnam um, so maybe I'll stay away from that one for now too goodness gracious I am indecisive um, you know what sounds tall is a driller we're going to go with golden driller golden driller is your next guess and Coming in at 23 meters tall from Tulsa is the Golden Driller. Well done, two correct. And for the record, uh, Statue of Liberty is 46 meters in change. So half, half, half a Statue of Liberty. But on our list, two correct, three more required to earn half your points. What's next? All right. Um, keeping in mind that there are a lot of very tall religious statues I'm going to move on to Christ of the Ozarks Christ of the Ozarks is your next guess it is not a statue of Jason Bateman it is however located in Eureka Springs Arkansas checking it at 20 plus meters Christ of the Ozarks is correct three down two more to go what is what we hope will be your fourth correct answer? Well, I'm certainly hoping that. Um, let's see. There's a couple mythological ones here. That, again, I could see these being traps, too. I don't, uh, you know, in America, we don't tend to, uh, you know, love our Greek myth as much as uh, perhaps we should. Nonetheless, I think that, you know, I was going to choose Pegasus and Dragon. Now I'm second-guessing myself once again. Um... It has to be mountainous. I figure that there must be one very tall statue from the mountain region. I'm going to go with Our Lady of the Rockies. Our Lady of the Rockies is your answer. 
And our Lady of the Rockies is correct 27 plus meters in Butte, Montana. Hmm. All right, here's the situation. You have gotten four correct answers. Your next correct answer will give you five and will lock in those six points for you. Still two traps out there. Well, let's get you some points. Please select again. Sure, happily. Um, let's see which one of these I can feel safest about. Uh, definitely want to at least get some points for my appearance this time. And let's see, off. You know, the few that I felt most confident about. Um, I, the USMC War Memorial is definitely the one that I should probably have some semblance of. You know, I'm starting to get somewhat of an image in my mind. There's a few things it could be that I've passed by in the, uh, you know, Northern Virginia, D.C., let's just call it the Beltway area. Let's go with the uh, United States Marine Corps War Memorial. United States Marine Corps War Memorial is your answer. You might have seen these soldiers holding up a flag. This is the Iwo Jima Memorial, also known as the United States Marine Corps War Memorial. It is about 21 meters high. It is in Arlington, Virginia. It is your fifth correct answer, and Sir Tucker. You have locked in six points. Well done. Well done. How you feel? Uh, relieved. I feel a lot better about this than I, uh, you know, did two minutes ago. Excellent. I understand. All right. So now you've reached the, uh, the most relaxing, I suppose, uh, portions of our final round. Those six points are yours. You have them. Your next series of picks, you're going to try to get to eight. If you can get to eight before you get those remaining two traps, you will double your score to your full 12 points if not you're still leaving here with those six so uh, the pressure's off a little bit here but we'd like to get you to double digits so please continue with your potential sixth correct answer sure let's see what we have left um again definitely some statues i could imagine being tall it's definitely some statues i could imagine being not in the united states um, and I think that's, you know, going to lead me in some directions. Tribute to Courage keeps jumping out at me. The issue is that that doesn't necessarily sound like the title of a statue to me. And that's one that I, I want to think about, but keep that in the back burner just in case. Um, Ethel the Elephants. figure that must be named after real elephant um a statue just titled giraffe seems like uh who was it that did the balloon animals is that uh <laughs> could be that guy uh well i'm talking myself into this um is that jeff coons is it jeff coons who did the balloon animals um you'll have to let me know after i submit this answer but i'm gonna go with giraffe um thinking that it might be one of the balloon animal statues right. giraffe is your answer and giraffe is correct sir well done giraffe is a statue at the dallas zoo made out of bronze and plexiglass from a artist named bob casilli 
Uh, not no nuts, King, but I'm still happy to get it right. Uh, I'll count yeah. that as a shot from three. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, some children have lost their balloons at the zoo and have hit the giraffe, maybe. But uh, still, well done. Six correct answers. Two more left in this round. We have six answers left. And four of them. Yay! Two of them. Boo. Move on to number seven. <laughs> All right, let's see. There's any sort of headway I can make with this one. Ethel the Elephant. Now, you've thrown me off before uh, on my very first guess by giving me the title of a statue that was not, in fact, the title of a statue. So I have to keep that in mind also. Um, elephant, Brachiosaurus. I figure if there is a Brachiosaurus statue, in order to actually make it at scale, it would have to be pretty tall to get the length as well. Um... The issue is, is that a statue, or is that just a, you know, recreated fossil that we see at many natural history museums? I don't think those qualify because uh, those are, in fact, real animals. Um, tribute to Courage. So, I mean, it sounds like a, you know, <laughs> book that a presidential candidate would write. Um, not necessarily a statue. Pegasus and Dragon. I mean, if that exists, I'm sure it's very tall. Um, let's see... Festus. All right, um, gonna have to start taking some risks here. Figure one of these religious or religious, uh, mythological statues has to be on the list. So we're gonna take off Pegasus and Dragon. Pegasus and Dragon is your answer. Is it correct? Indeed, it is. Well done, Pegasus and Dragon. In fairness. Pegasus is 33.5 meters. Uh, Dragon is about half that size, 15.2 meters, but it's a, it's a unified work. It is at Gulfstream Park in Florida. Pegasus and Dragon. <laughs> the Dragon checking in at just about 15 meters, not very tall at all. Um, <laughs> I guess compared to the others on this list that are correct, and you know, it's counterpart on the same uh, artwork then yeah I guess it would be the, uh, the less impressive of the two. Here's where we stand uh, about yay high compared to a dragon um, <laughs> uh, one more answer, we'll give you eight and we'll give you those twelve points, still two traps out there we have Brachiosaurus, Ethel the Elephant Hephaestus, Tribute to Courage and Twong Fat Quan Am left Make your pixel. So now I'm getting to uh, the point where I'm starting to be kind of likely that I make a wrong guess. I've got to consider this pretty closely. All right, so Brachiosaurus again. I've mentioned that a few times. Uh, the elephants. I could really see that going either way. I could see that almost being a miniature, uh, just because of the subject matter. Um, you know, it seems like that would be. Perhaps you know, it, it could be like a zoo mascot. It could be something that's you know children's artwork. I guess I don't really know how else to phrase that. Hephaestus um, uh, would have been would have my well would have been my backup guess had Pegasus and Dragon uh, not been correct. So maybe that's still an option. Tribute to Courage. Not sure that's a statue at all. And Tonfakhan. I'm just I'm not sure that's in the United States. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of very tall statues in Southeast Asia. But with that in mind, 
I think that that might be the right way to go here. Um, take the chance. Know that I have, you know, one in my back pocket should I need it. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, Twonkbok Khan Am here. Twonkbok Khan Am is your answer. And Tucker has his 12 points. Right. Well done, sir. Yes, this is a statue that is actually located in Sugarland, Texas, of all places. It, believe it or not, yeah, it's about 22 meters tall. Uh, it's statue of uh, the Buddha in an area called Chua, Vietnam. So, well done, well done. You have those 12 points, and you can walk away now with those 12 points, and no one will think any less of you. But you do have a decision to make. You can make one more guess. Get it right. We'll double those points from 12 to 24. Get it wrong, your game is over, and you leave here with only six. It is a 50-50 at this point. There are two correct answers. There are two incorrect answers. So I leave it to you. The choice is yours. What would you like to do? All right. So the options remaining, Brachiosaurus, Ethel the Elephant, Tribute to Courage, and Hephaestus. Now, I have a feeling that one more of the animals uh, is, in fact, one of the statues that's on the list. I don't know beyond that, and what that means is that it's basically still a 50-50. I could... Now, I might think that it's more likely that the elephant is going to be the one on this list because the Brachiosaurus might not be a statue and might be a reconstructed fossil, uh, the bones put together, what have you. So keeping all that in mind, as much as I want to make this show as entertaining as possible, and maybe make this dramatic, and now I'm talking myself back into this decision, oh boy, um, I live for the drama here. You know what, I I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> this is not a subject that I know very much about at all, I feel like I was lucky to get eight straight correct and really only have one strike. So, after all that, I am going to just keep my 12 points and say, look, I was lucky to even have these. I think this is a very fair uh, decision there, and quite frankly, I know a lot of people are saying, well, it's not like I'm playing for money here, but you know what? If I decide to have a, a, a final four or a final eight tournament at the end of all this, you might want to lock in your score at this I level know. here. So, I, I yeah, and it's, again, if you don't know, you don't know. And it, it, like you said, it's a 50 50 up a 50 50 based on <laughs> your Which is still 50 50. <laughs> all right, so 12 points yours. Congratulations, Tucker. If you were going to guess, what would you have guessed next? At this point, if I was going to guess, I would have said Ethel the Elephant. I think that was more of a 55-45 of those two. Ethel the Elephant would have been your answer, and it's a good thing you walked away, because Ethel the Elephant is a trap. Uh, it is a spin on an actual statue on the list, Lucy the Elephant, mm -hmm. which is in uh, Margate, very close to where I live here in New Jersey. You cannot go anywhere without hearing about Lucy the Elephant, Lucy the Elephant. Uh, tourist attraction in Margate, about close to 20 uh, meters tall here. So, well done on your decision here. Let's go over the rest of the list real quickly here. The other trap was Hephaestus. Hephaestus was the other trap. There is a statue of Vulcan in Birmingham, Alabama. But Vulcan, while maybe uh, synonymous with Hephaestus in terms of Greek-Roman uh, 
corollaries ain't the name of the statue, so it wouldn't have counted. Well, they don't say live tall and prosper. They say live long and prosper, so... And the other two answers left would be the correct answers, of course. We have Brachiosaurus, which is 21-plus meters tall. Uh, it's a pretty cool statue. It's on the side of the Children's Museum of Indianapolis, and the Brachiosaurus is reaching up to the roof where its baby is uh, getting away from it. So it's That is very cool. It's I a like very that. cool statue. I'll definitely take a look at that. And Tribute to Courage is real! It is real. It is a tribute to Sam Houston. And it is in Huntsville, Texas, a little over 20 meters tall. So, Tucker, 12 points. Good job. You're walking out of here a winner as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but before I let you get out the hot seats, anything you would like to say or share with our audience, pimp as you will, it is your time. Well, let's see. Um, I haven't really done anything public-facing in a little while. Uh, if you're so inclined, please feel free to uh, check out writing about UConn basketball at the theyukonblog.com. Uh, you're probably not going to see anything from that until you know uh, October or November. But uh, you know, I don't know when this episode's going to come out. Um, other than that, uh, you know, I like to finish with the same message that I pretty much always give: uh, stay involved in uh, your you know local community politics. It's very important, and uh, you know, we can't just continue to uh stay involved only about every four years want to make sure that uh you know you pay attention to what's going on locally you can help out so many people there just by showing up and doing uh you know the right thing it's not just ballot vo uh, ballot voting it is important to uh you know like have that direct impact on your community so uh make sure you uh, stay in tune fair enough uh definitely although i'm of, of the mind that if you have a ballot completely filled uh with uncontested candidates in a primary don't vote because if they're not smart enough to vote for themselves and get that one nothing victory they don't deserve to be in office but that, you know that's just me <laughs> you bring up a very good point there <laughs> i also recommend if you're voting for the baseball hall of fame do not leave your ballot blank entirely that's almost just as bad <laughs> well yes that's that's a discussion for another day uh, and there will be an episode of another day. Tucker, get out of my hot seat. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we'll see the rest of you next week for another exciting new episode of Beat My Guest. Thank you all for listening. Take care and bye-bye. <laughs> did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Facebook at Beat My Guest, the fan's hot seat. If you'd like to help contribute to the cause and help make more episodes possible, we ain't going to say no to that. Find us at patreon.com slash beatmyguest. And if you liked what you heard, spread the word. This is absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.